This episode is sponsored by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First, it's free. So, I mean, doesn't get any cheaper than that. Second, there are creation tools that will allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. I'm editing this podcast from a Chromebook using the web, so it's pretty easy to do. Um, If I can do it, you can certainly do it. Third, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so many more services. So you don't have to go to each individual podcast service and distribute it yourself. It automatically does that for you. So that's pretty awesome. Fourth, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So, I mean, it's a pretty good way to make some money. Um, And then last but not least, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app for iOS or Android or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started or download the app for iOS or Android today. The following episode may contain language that is not suitable for certain listeners. Listener's discretion is advised. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Cells and Circuits podcast. I am your host, Chibeze Anacor, and on the final episode of 2020, we're going to talk about my favorites in animation, tech, and gaming for the year of 2020. And so, without further ado, let's just jump right into it. All right, so let's talk about our favorites in animation for 2020. So, um, but before I do that, I should just let you know that this entire episode isn't going to be edited. Um, These are just my unfiltered uh, opinions on what my favorites in animation tech and gaming are for the year of 2020. Um, And you are, of course, welcome to let me know your favorites on social media and on Discord. And we can continue the conversation there. Um, But yeah, this will be our final episode of 2020. So um, let's just get right into our favorite, or let's get into my favorite since, you know, I'm a solo host on this show. So, um, favorites and animation for 2020. So first up, we got, um, the favorite new cartoon series of 2020. Um, and, um, The first one of those um, would be the Animaniacs reboot that just came out last month. Um, So Animaniacs 2020 um, 
came out on Hulu um, in November, and um, I mean, it was it was pretty great. The jokes were pretty funny. Um, I liked uh, the chemistry between uh, Yakko, Wacko, and Dot, and um, I also liked that Pinky and the Brain made a return. And while you know some of the other characters didn't make a return and some of the other segments that they used to do didn't make a return. I'm glad that, um, you know, at least the core characters, um, got to return. So, um, I'm thankful for that. Um, and yeah, Animaniacs 2020, definitely recommend that. Um, and so next up is, uh, Close Enough. Now, this is a show that I have been waiting on ever since it was announced back in, what, was it 2017 or so? Um, But it's been years since that show was announced. And um, and it was originally announced for TBS because they were trying to build out an animation block um, because... Um, TBS has American Dad and they want some other uh, cartoons to accompany it, Um, especially since TBS will be losing Family Guy next year and Bob's Burgers a couple of years after that, um, along with Adult Swim as well. Um, So... um, so it made sense at the time, but then, um, like I said in my Animaniac segment um, a couple episodes ago, um, it <laughs> uh, a lot of things happened in between that time, you know, like the uh, AT and T Time Warner um, buyout, um, you know. Um, HBO Max being announced, um, and just, um, the Disney, um, acquisition of 20th television or 20th century Fox or 21st century Fox, excuse me, um, which is the production or which is the company that owns the production studio behind American Dad. So, um... So, yeah, I mean, um, it's been, or I mean, not that that has anything to do with Close Enough. Um, I'm just talking. I'm just getting sidetracked. Um, Anyway, uh, but yeah, there was a lot that happened in between, um, in between the time that, um, that close enough, um, was announced and when it was released, um, in July of this year. Um, oh, and I should mention that, uh, Final Space, and I'm guessing another show that was supposed to be part of this TBS block, um, you know, that got moved to Adult Swim. So, yeah, (laughs) um, there's that. So, um, I mean, yeah, so close enough, uh, just got moved to HBO Max, um, which, 
I mean, I don't know how, um, or I don't know how well this show performed on HBO Max. I'm hoping it performed pretty well because it's very funny and I highly recommend that you watch it if you haven't already. But um, yeah, I mean, close enough. Pretty good show. It's on HBO Max. Definitely watch it if you have access to HBO Max. Um, Highly recommend that. And then up next, we have uh, Looney Tunes cartoons. So... Looney Tunes cartoons came out at the launch of HBO Max back in May. It was a launch title. Um, And it was the only animated launch title, if I remember correctly, um, on HBO Max. So, um, So that was something that I tuned into immediately when HBO Max launched. And I wasn't disappointed. Uh, The Looney Tunes uh, characters feel very fresh. Um, They feel very, I shouldn't say fresh, but they feel um, like, you know, they just, or they feel like they haven't, um, or they feel very much the same as they have been um so like Daffy Duck um Bugs Bunny uh Porky Pig um and like just um like every voice actor um on there did a fantastic job um and you know, shout out to Pete Browngart and the team at Warner Brothers Animation um, for that. Um, like, they did an excellent job. Um, I mean, the only um, the only criticism I may have for it was that they may have dialed up the, like, stupidity of Daffy Duck a little bit too much. But other than that, um, like, I can't really find anything to complain about for, uh, Looney Tunes cartoons. So, uh, great job, Warner Brothers Animation. Um, also, um, shout out to the crews at, uh, Cartoon Network Studios and Warner Brothers Animation that worked on Close Enough and Animaniacs 2020, respectively. Um, so, yeah, I mean, um, I think those would be, like, my favorite three, um, new cartoon series of 2020. Um, so, yeah, um, and then up next, we have my favorite new anime series of 2020, so... Despite COVID and everything, um, you know, just going to shit this year, I'm glad that we at least got some um, good anime out of it. And yeah, there are some pretty good uh, anime uh, that I'm going to be talking about. Excuse me. Um, And... 
First up, or let's just jump right into it. First up, um, we have Apare Ranman. Um, and Apare Ranman is basically like a steampunk show um, where like um, you have this um, you have this engineer uh, who you know is named Apare um, and he is or he stumbles in LA after you know getting on a boat um, and um, and, um, like, and his, um, should I say guardian? Um, I don't know, but, like, his, I guess, chaperone, um, <laughs> I, I don't know, um, the correct term here, um, he, um, like, who's, like, um, or, like, he basically, um, accompanies him, um, to L.A., um, because they're obviously originally from Japan, um, and, you know, they're trying to enter this, um, cross-country race, um, across the U.S., um, so, like, it's just a really fun, um, anime that, you know, um, that deals with, um, certain topics, um, very well, and it also, um, you know, just has a cast that, um, is pretty, like, that's pretty wacky and gets into, like, just, um, some pretty cool hijinks, um, so... Highly recommend Apare Ranman. Um, it's on Funimation, I do believe. So uh, definitely check that out if you haven't already. Um, then next up is Decadence, um, which is going a bit deeper into the sci-fi realm. Um, and Decadence, um, well, like, I mean, I don't even know how to describe uh, decadence. Um, I'm sure that, like, people better than me uh, can. Uh, so, I'm, like, I'm not even going to try and explain it. Um, just know that it is a good show. Um, and I also recommend watching it. Um, and so, uh, next up is... Akudama Drive, which is a more recent one. Um, I think that came out in October, but um, the English dub came out in or last month, in November. So, um, been watching that, um, and it's gotten pretty good so far. Um, obviously, I haven't finished the series, um, and I should mention that these are. Any of the shows in any of these categories aren't in any particular order. Um, so, you know, just um, in case um, you were expecting, like, some uh, order, like, there's no order for any of these. But anyway, um, Akudama Drive, like, it's a 
good like sci-fi um like it's a high octane um like cyberpunk um or it's set in like a a, a cyberpunk world um where like you basically have like all of these criminals and they're trying to um and they're basically trying to um well I should say you have like all of these criminals um and um they're all um basically well they're all pretty, or they all are defined by, like, one trait, um, and so, like, um, and then you have, like, this one, uh, girl who just isn't very, um, or isn't much of a criminal, um, she's actually quite the opposite, she's kind of a nice girl, but, like, um, through some, you know, not so great decisions, um, she gets, um, she gets tied up in, you know, criminal activities, so, um, I would definitely recommend watching Akudama Drive, um, that's probably a pretty shitty explanation, um, I'm not good at explaining things, so I should probably just, um, refrain from trying to explain, um, these shows, even though, um, even though I want to, like, I, I'm just horrible at explaining things, um, so... Uh, next up, um, we have Jujutsu Kaisen, which probably shouldn't surprise anybody. Um, I mean, it's a show that a lot of people have been hyping up and a lot of people have been um, looking forward to this year. And I can see why. Um, it's definitely got um, more of that spooky um, kind of vibe to it. So, like, naturally, like, in this year, you know, in this, like, I mean, I don't really think any year can get, you know, any more spooky than 2020. So, like, Jujutsu Kaisen kind of fit right at home in this year. Um, so, you know, I... Or, I mean, that's just my opinion. Um, but honestly, even still, like, uh, Jujutsu Kaisen is still a pretty good shonen anime. Um, and it's one that you can find on Crunchyroll and HBO Max, I do believe. So, uh, definitely watch it. Oh, and I should probably mention that Akudama Drive um, is on Funimation as well. Uh, and Decadence as well. Um, so watch those um, on those platforms. Um, and then next up is Doro Hidoro, which, yeah, again, not going to try and explain that um, because it's just wild. Um, but it is a fun ride, um, and I do hope that you watch it. Um, it's a Netflix original, um, so, 
So, um, yeah, you know where to find it. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, uh, next up and last up in this uh, list is Great Pretender. Um, and Great Pretender is um, basically um, just um, an anime about um, the art of conning people um and trying to like swindle people out of out of money or out of you know or out of possessions um and i really like it um and there are definitely a lot of high production values in it um and the dub is great um i just I really like Great Pretender, um, and, and yeah, um, that's it for my favorite new anime, um, of 2020, so we can now get into my favorite continuing cartoon series of 2020. First up on that list is Star Wars The Clone Wars, which got its final season this year, um, very glad um, that we finally got a conclusion to Clone Wars. Um, it was one of my favorite shows growing up. Um, I, you know, still remember watching. Um, I still remember watching like one of the first episodes on Cartoon Network when it premiered back in two thousand eight. Um, so it is nice that. Um, Star Wars The Clone Wars finally got it, the conclusion that it deserved, um, especially after years and years of fans um, wanting a proper conclusion to Star Wars The Clone Wars. I can't recommend it enough. Um, go watch it. It's on Disney+. Plus. Um, and yeah... Um, if you haven't watched Clone Wars already, um, please do that. Um, it's a really great show um, that only gets better as you watch it. So, next up um, is Gendy Tartakovsky's Primal, which shouldn't surprise anybody. Um, I love uh, Gendy Tartakovsky's work. Even though I may not agree with his opinions on Toonami, um, I at least, um, or that doesn't change my opinions on Gendy's work. Um, and, you know, Primal is just um, a great example of that. Like, it's a show with no dialogue, um, um, about um, a guy named Spear um, and a woman dinosaur um, named Fang, who um, they basically share a bond um, through uh, the theme of loss. Um, and that's how they become friends and have to uh, survive this uh primordial world um and so um i'm glad we got new episodes of that uh this year um because it was one of my favorites last year 
Um, so yeah, um, if you haven't seen Gandhi Tartakovsky's Primal, um, it's on HBO Max, um, or at least episodes one through five are. I don't know if episodes six through ten have made it to HBO Max yet, um, but um, hopefully they will soon. Um, but you know, just give it time, um, and like all of season one will be on HBO Max um, at some point. But if you want to watch the first five episodes of Gandhi Tartakovsky's Primal, they're up on HBO Max. So um, have at it. Up next, um, we do have Adventure Time Distant Lands. Um, now, I should say that I haven't seen Obsidian yet. Um, I definitely will. Um, but um, Adventure Time Distant Lands um, is, is a favorite of mine because, like, it just expands on um, the characters of Adventure Time, um, especially after the main series ended. Um, so um, I just, I liked the BMO special a lot. Um, it was a great hour long uh, special. Um, and so I can't wait to see Obsidian um, I'm definitely going to watch that um, as soon as possible um, before I have to go back to work again in the new year. So, yeah, um, highly recommend Adventure Time Distant Lands, especially if you're a fan of Adventure Time. I think you're going to like it, um, but that's just me. Um, and then next up, um, we have Mike Tyson Mysteries. Um, so... I liked, or I like Mike Tyson Mysteries. I think it's one of the best Adult Swim originals to come out in a very long time. Um, and Mike Tyson Mysteries just continues, or it continued um, because it ended um, after um, this most recent season. Um, it continued to deliver the quality of comedy um, that that I've expected from Mike Tyson Mysteries. It's always been pretty funny. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, it's one of those Adult Swim shows where it's not like leaning too much into the stoner crowd, if that makes sense. Um, but... Um, it's definitely approachable um, by, you know, just casual viewers. And also, um, like, or like I've said um, in previous segments of this podcast, um, like, it's basically a modern Hanna-Barbera cartoon. And, I mean, who doesn't like those? Um, but, yeah, definitely check out Mike Tyson Mysteries, it's on Hulu, um, which is surprising. I thought it would have been on HBO Max since it's an Adult Swim show that's made by Warner Brothers Animation. Um, but nope, um, it's on Hulu. Um, don't know how long it'll be on Hulu, but for now it's on Hulu. So 
Uh, definitely watch it there. And you can watch uh, Adventure Time Distant Lands on HBO Max. Um, and then the following show that I'm going to uh, mention is also an H or is also on HBO Max and will become a Max original um, with its next season. And that show is Harley Quinn. So Harley Quinn, even though it's a show that came out in 2019, I started watching it this year because um, or because it came on sci-fi um, before HBO Max came out. And then once HBO Max came out, um, a couple months after that, um, season two got onto uh, the service. And I watched that as well. And, like, the show is just really funny. Um, and you could definitely tell that the voice actors were having fun with it. Um, and it was just hilarious. Um it's a great um, take on these DC characters um, like Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy and the Joker with some cameos from like, you know, of course, Batman, um, like a cameo of like Superman is in there, Wonder Woman as well. Um and then you have, like, you know, the supporting characters, like King Shark, um, and, like, just, like, the whole show is just pretty funny. Um, and so I am happy that Harley Quinn gets to continue um, on HBO Max with a third season, and I definitely look forward to seeing more of it. Um, but, yeah. That's it um, for my favorite continuing uh, cartoon series of 2020. Um, my favorite continuing anime series of 2020. Well, I mean, there aren't that many, um, truthfully. Um, and, well, I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, there's pretty much just one, um, and that is My Hero Academia, um, like, season four, um, continued into this year, um, and I liked, um, what I saw of it, um, especially, um, with the, um, with the, uh, festival arc, um, wait, was it the festival, or was it? Um, I, like, I, I don't remember what it's called, but I think it was a festival arc. Um, but, um, also, um, there were some highlight moments of it that I liked, um, particularly, um, the debut of Mirko, um, for, uh, you know, reasons. <laughs> Um, that definitely don't have to do with horniness, but, um, we'll just, you know, keep it at that. Um, but yeah, My Hero Academia, I'm sure I don't really need to explain this show, um, to any of you listening. Like, you probably know where to find it. 
I mean, it's on, um, I mean, it's on Crunchyroll, it's on Funimation, um, like, it's on pretty much almost every streaming service that isn't named Netflix or Amazon Prime, um, so definitely watch it, um, Highly recommend My Hero Academia if you're like one of the two people listening to this who hasn't um, watched My Hero Academia, please watch it. Um, It's a great show. Um, Definitely recommend it. Um, It's got four seasons worth of content to watch, so um, that should keep you busy for the weekend. Um, Just just saying. Um, So... Next up, um, we got um, my favorite animated shorts of 2020. And my first one is one that just came out a few weeks ago um, and that I talked about in, I think, the previous episode. Um, And that is, of course, uh, Frank Abney's Canvas. Um, That is definitely a short that I recommend watching. Um, and Frank Abney is a former Pixar animator who just, or who had worked on, um, the recent movie Soul, um, for, uh, Disney Plus, uh, or that just released on Disney Plus. Um, it was originally supposed to be released in theaters, but then, you know, 2020 happened. So that, um, was just, um, thrown out the window. So they had to, um, release it on Disney plus and I'm glad they did because, um, I w- probably wouldn't have, uh, risked my health to go see it in a theater. So, um, very happy that, um, canvas is out. Um, it's a great short that deals with loss and, the um or and demotivation which is something that I struggle with um especially when creating this show um and yeah I mean it's just um it's pretty um it's pretty great I can't think of any more positive things to say about it uh, so uh, definitely watch Canvas. It's on Netflix. Um, it's about nine minutes long, so not a huge time commitment. Um, and then up next is my uh, other favorite short, which is Soul Levante. Um, and um, I got to be honest, I like this one because it's pretty much a tech demo um, of what could happen when you try and create anime in 4k, um, all digitally. Um, and so that's exactly what soul Levante is. Um, it's best experienced in 4k. So if you have a 4k TV or 4k monitor, um, definitely recommend watching soul Levante. It's one of the first, anime of its kind um or so it's a four minute 4k short um so definitely recommend watching it 
Um, and Netflix even released some um, production material, which I think is pretty awesome because um, it allows other creators, not just other uh, studios um, or other anime studios, but other creators in general um, to... Um, to create more uh, 4K content, 4K anime, um, because that's something that we don't see a lot, especially with all of the TV anime that we're getting. It's pretty much in 1080p, um, and uh, Netflix knows that they're capable of much more. Um, so I think that's probably why. Um, they made this uh, short, you know, as like as a proving ground saying, hey, we can do this like this is what we're capable of. And they partnered with Production IG um, on it, which um, is a well-respected studio in the anime industry. So, um, yeah. Great short, um, visually pleasing. Um, I can't really say um, much more positive things about it. Um, if you like eye candy, Soul Avante um, is your jam. Um, so that's it for favorite anime or animated shorts of 2020. Um, and so my favorite cartoon studio of 2020 is Warner Brothers Animation, which shouldn't really surprise anybody. Um, I mean, Warner Brothers Animation definitely uh, came out swinging this year. Like, they are just to... Um, or just to, um, like, recap what they've done uh, this year. They had Animaniacs 2020. They had Looney Tunes cartoons. They had um, Mike Tyson Mysteries uh, new season come out this year. They had Harley Quinn come out this year. Um, they also had that Mortal Kombat movie, Scorpions of Revenge um, come out this year. Um, and so Warner Brothers animation has just been like firing on all cylinders um, with content this year. So um, they definitely deserve the favorite cartoon studio of 2020 award. Um, well, I mean, it's not really an award, but like, <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Um, they definitely deserve that recognition. So, you know, congrats to, uh, Sam Register and the team at Warner Brothers Animation. Um, y'all have done a fantastic job this year. Um, and I hope to see more out of you in 2021. Um, and then my favorite anime studio of 2020 is MAPPA, or is it MAPPA? I I don't know how it's pronounced, um, but MAPPA also fired on all cylinders this year. Um, 
Like, they had uh, Doro Hidoro come out. They had uh, The God of High School, which is a Crunchyroll original. Um, that came out. Um, and then they had Jujutsu Kaisen come out. Um, and um, there were other anime that were announced at Netflix that's come from them. Um and then they just recently announced a Chainsaw Man um, adaptation. Um, and so, like, MAPPA has just been, like, getting, you know, banger after banger after banger. And also, I should mention um, that they're currently, um, or that they produce the currently airing uh, final season of Attack on Titan. Um, taking over for Wit Studios. So, um, like, MAPPA is just um, increasing their output a lot. And I hope that the quality of their output doesn't suffer because of it. But we should, or we shall see, um, you know, in 2021 and beyond. Um, but yeah, MAPPA um, definitely deserves um, favorite anime studio of 2020 because um, they put out a lot of good content this year. And so um, now you may um, be wondering why there aren't any films included in this list. And well... That's simply because I haven't really watched that many uh, animated movies. So, yeah. Um, I do want to watch um, Wolf Walkers. Um, that's definitely something that... Um, or that's definitely a film that um, I look forward to watching. I know it's on Apple TV+. Plus, um and I really, um, I enjoyed Soul on Disney Plus that just came out um, a few days ago. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like I haven't watched enough animated movies to make an animated films list for this year. So that's why I didn't include it. Um, but yeah. Those were my favorites um, from animation. Um, do you think that I may have missed something? Because um, there are definitely some cartoons that I haven't watched, like uh, Keep on the Age Wonder Beasts or The Owl House or, um, gosh, um, or She-Ra or, like, like there, there's just a lot that I haven't or that I haven't watched yet. So, um, um, what do you think of my picks for favorite anime or fan favorite animation of 2020? Um, let me know on social media or on Discord. Um, and links to uh, those will be. In the show notes right below that subscribe or follow button depending on which platform you're on and we can continue the conversation there um but yeah let me know 
what you think of my picks. Um, do you have some different ones? Um, do you have some recommendations for me to watch based on what I've um, listed in this segment? Let me know. Um, but yeah, that is definitely going to do it for this topic. Up next, we'll be talking about my favorites in tech. And then after that, we'll be talking about my favorites in gaming for 2020. The Cells and Circuits podcast will be back after this. This episode is sponsored by Yubico. Yubico sets new world standards for simple, secure login, preventing unauthorized access to computers, servers, and internet accounts. Their YubiKey is a physical security key using two-factor authentication to protect your accounts. As more of us continue to work from home, it is more important than ever to protect your secure information. So, what can you do to protect your accounts? Well, Yubico is offering our listeners $10 off your next purchase of $100 or more using the code POD at yubico.com. That's code P-O-D at Y-U-B-I-C-O dot com. Say hello to the YubiKey and goodbye to account takeovers. Hey, Cells and Circuits listeners. Did you know that we now have a merch store? It's true. In partnership with Bonfire, we've launched the Cells and Circuit Shop, where you can find t-shirts, hoodies, face masks, and more. So hit the link in the show notes to visit the Cells and Circuit Shop and start getting your merch today. It really does help out the show. Thanks for your support, and now, back to the show. All right, welcome back. And so, um, now it's time to talk about my favorite tech for 2020. Um, and this is basically the tech that I've used and enjoyed the most. And even some trends, um, which I'll talk about towards the end, but uh, let's start off with um, my smartphone because that's something I've been on a lot. So my favorite smartphone of 2020 is obviously the Google Pixel 5 um, because I just, or I love that phone. Um, it is a fantastic um, phone and it was a great upgrade from my Pixel 3 um, and it really improved on the two things that I wanted it to improve on which was battery life and screen size and yeah it's it's or the screen size is definitely bigger and the battery is way bigger than it was on my Pixel 3 so very happy about that. Um, so, yeah. Um, Pixel 5, great phone. Um, and, I, I mean, I got it on the Black Friday deal, so it was 
650 bucks instead of the full 700 which isn't that much of a discount but <clears throat> excuse me since i traded in my pixel 3 for it um like it brought down the price a, a little bit so like that definitely helped um so yeah uh Pixel 5, um, definitely a good phone. Um, I would say um, maybe don't get it at the $700 price. Wait till it goes on sale. Um, but otherwise, great phone. Um, and so my smartwatch of choice um, for 2020 was a gift to me from my girlfriend and that is the Mobvoi Tick Watch Pro 3 um, and so that uh, watch is a very awesome watch um, it's the only Wear OS smartwatch that has the Qualcomm Snapdragon Wear 4100 in it and therefore it's the only Wear OS smartwatch that I recommend to anybody looking for a Wear OS smartwatch. Um, all of the other ones I don't even <laughs> recommend at least right now. Um, at least until like other manufacturers like Fossil and um, the Moto 360 line um, come out with watches that have the new Qualcomm chip because um, that Qualcomm chip has just worked wonders on performance for uh, for the, or not just the TicWatch Pro 3, but Wear OS um, in general. Um, it just feels much more responsive and um, it makes me want to use my smartwatch again. Um, which is something that I couldn't really say of the Fossil Gen 5 that I'm, or that I upgraded from. So, yeah, really, um, really grateful to Mobvoi uh, for putting that out. So, good job, Mobvoi. Um, you did well on that smartwatch. Um, <clears throat> I'm sorry. Um, the only complaint that I have about the um, Mobvoi uh, TicWatch Pro 3 is that it doesn't have like a digital crown like the um, Fossil watches do and like the Apple Watch does. Um, so that's pretty much my only complaint about it because like the digital crown allows for more of a tactile um, interaction with the smartwatch where I'm not having to touch the screen, getting my disgusting fingerprints all over it. Um, so, like, that's pretty much my only complaint. Um, but other than that, I can't really say um, anything bad about the TicWatch Pro 3. Um you know, at least that's Mobvoi's fault. Um, all the other stuff is pretty much Google's fault, with the exception of you know, duplicate apps. But other than that, yeah, Mobvoi knocked it out of the park. So next up, 
um, is my favorite smart home gadget of 2020. And this one um, shouldn't really come as a surprise um, because I've talked about it before, um, especially during the launch night in event um, in late September. Um, And so... That, of course, is the Chromecast with Google TV. Um, So um, the Chromecast with Google TV um, is, you know, it's a Chromecast. But now it, or instead of just being a, um, or instead of just being like a device that, only receives content from your phone. Now it does that. Um, and um, it also allows for apps um, to run on the Chromecast natively because it has Android TV um, built into it with uh, the Google TV skin on top. So, um, the Google TV skin on top allows, um, for personalized recommendations that are presented in a pretty way. Um, and I like that it's, um, tailored to me, um, and my, um, and my tastes, um, so I would get recommended some, you know, animated series and some anime um, and some like sci-fi stuff because Google knows that I like that stuff. So um, I'm so or that's something that I really like about it. Um, I mean, there are, of course, two major gripes that I have with the. Uh, Chromecast with Google TV. The first is uh, no multiple user support. So if you're not the person who set it up and linked uh, their Google account with uh, the Chromecast, um, there's a pretty good chance that the content is not going to be recommended to you, um, which can be frustrating, especially for a device that, you know, is meant to be in people's living rooms with multiple people using it, like multiple user profiles should be a given um, for a device like the Chromecast with Google TV, but it's not on there yet. Um, Hopefully with Uh, the Android TV version of Android 12. Maybe Google will finally um, implement that feature. Hopefully, fingers crossed, um, but we'll see. And the second major gripe that I have with the uh, Chromecast with Google TV is, um, well, I mean, if you've been following this podcast, you've noticed that I've talked about a particular cloud gaming service a lot. Um, So um, that is, of course, Google Stadia. Um, That is not 
supported on the Chromecast with Google TV at the time of this recording. Um, and, you know, that's very frustrating. Like, um, it was definitely frustrating um, when um, the device uh, first came out and Google got a ton of flack for it, which, you know, which is you know, it kind of deserved some of that flack or, or most of it. Um, and you know, the Chromecast with Google TV also doesn't have a, um, um, standalone, uh, YouTube music app, but that's more on the YouTube music team. Um, so, you know, get on that, uh, YouTube music team. Um, but uh, back to Stadia. Um, now, Stadia did announce that um, they will be supporting the Chromecast with Google TV and other Android TV-based devices um, in the first half of 2021. Now, I'm hoping that it's, you know, uh, Q1, um, which is January through March. But it could be Q2, um, which is April through June. Um, so that's um, definitely um, an option. But I'm hoping it's in Q1. Um, but that's just me. Um, but yeah. Um, so like, I would recommend the Chromecast with Google TV to pretty much anyone except Stadia users. Um <laughs> For Stadia users, I will hold off on that until Stadia or until native Stadia support um, comes with the Chromecast with Google TV. Um, and really, Stadia support is the only thing keeping the Chromecast with Google TV from my living room. Otherwise, I mean, if it did have Stadia support, like I would. Um, switch out my Chromecast Ultra for it right now. But unfortunately, that's not the case. So, oh well. But yeah, still recommend the Chromecast with Google TV. Um, and I may or may not have affiliate links in the show notes um, for you to go um, get it. I mean, it's only $50, so, like, it's definitely not a uh, huge hole in your pocket. It's, like, at $50, that's an easy recommendation. Um, the Chromecast with Google TV, cannot recommend it enough. Um, but up next um, are my favorite headphones of 2020, and these were recently... Uh, gifted to me from uh, my girlfriend again. Um, and so these are the Sony WH-1000X M4s. Um, I love these. Like I have the Mark III's um, and I love those too. But um, the one thing that, or the one major gripe that I had with it was that... Um, that it couldn't connect to two devices at the same time. Um, so, 
so I'm glad that the um, Mark IVs um, actually do that. And now that I have them, I will definitely be using them a lot in the new year. Um, especially, hopefully, when the uh, world goes back to normal. Um, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, Sony WH-1000X M4s. Highly recommend those. Um, so um, I will also have an affiliate link for that too, um, as well as a lot, or as well as all of the other products that I mention um, in this segment. But yeah, um, and so um, another part of tech is like entertainment tech, um, and. These are like my favorite streaming service, or this is my favorite streaming service of 2020. And it's one that you could probably guess considering that I talk about networks like Cartoon Network and Adult Swim a lot on this podcast. Um, Of course, that streaming service is HBO Max. Um, HBO Max Um, While it didn't have a lot of content at launch, at least not from anything other than like HBO and like a couple of Max originals, um, it's slowly been adding um, more and more of um, Warner Media's library. So yeah, like I said... Uh, Cartoon Network shows, Adult Swim shows. Um, there's also DC content um, that's been added onto there. Um, <clears throat> and then you also have the Studio Ghibli movies, which HBO Max exclusively streams here in the US. Um, and then you have uh, the Crunchyroll collection, which um streams like basically a curated collection of um crunchyroll content onto hbo max so you have things like of course the crunchyroll originals like the god of high school and tower of god um as well as like fan favorites like inuyasha uh full metal alchemist brotherhood um and others, and then you have Crunchyroll licensed uh, content like uh, Mob Psycho 100. You have uh, Jujutsu Kaisen, um, which is on there. So, like, there's um, there's a pretty good mix of um, shows that, um, especially if you haven't um, gotten into anime yet, I think. Um, the shows that are on HBO Max in the Crunchyroll collection would definitely be uh, good gateway shows. Or at least most of them would be good gateway shows into anime. So um, highly recommend um, getting HBO Max, especially now that uh, Warner Brothers movies um, for the year of 2021 will be uh, released day and date in theaters and on HBO Max at the same time. 
um, like that um, just infinitely shot up the value of HBO Max, in my opinion. So, um, yeah, HBO Max, definitely uh, my favorite streaming service of 2020. Um, And then last but not least, uh, my favorite tech trends of 2020. Um, So first up is cloud gaming. Now, um, you know, that's something that I talk a lot about on this channel. um, But I'm not going to pretend that only one player Microsoft (laughs) exists in the space, like, because that's clearly a lie. Um, Like, I know that with uh, Google Stadia appearing on the scene in 2019, um, there have been more companies that um, have um, popped up in the cloud gaming space this year in 2020, like, uh, for example, uh, NVIDIA GeForce Now um, exited out of beta this year. Um, Xbox Game Pass Ultimate um, included the crowd, or the cloud gaming portion of um, Xbox or, or included xCloud onto uh, Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. So... Um, that is, um, or so that's probably the, um, cloud gaming, um, provider that people most pay attention to, uh, because that is the, or because it comes from Microsoft, which has had decades in the gaming space. Um, but, um, and then also... Uh, Amazon came out with Amazon Luna. Um, and so that's now in the cloud gaming space as well um, in early access. Um, and um, Microsoft's or Microsoft is also um, or xCloud is also um, in beta as they um, say as well. So um Stadia and GeForce Now are the only ones that are not in beta. Um, So cloud gaming, that space has definitely become more competitive. Um, And so so that's something that I really like to see because these companies, um, especially Google, Microsoft, um, NVIDIA, and Amazon can all push each other to be better in the cloud gaming space. And, um, you know, when companies compete, we win. So, um, or we get a lot better cloud gaming services. So definitely looking forward to where cloud gaming goes in 2021 and beyond. Um, And I look forward to um, playing with, a lot of cloud gaming services like Google Stadia and Amazon Luna and um, xCloud and um, NVIDIA GeForce Now. I, I, I look forward to playing on 
all of those cloud gaming services. And you'll definitely hear a lot more from me on that front in this podcast. So stay tuned for that. Um, And then another tech trend that I liked was um, the rise of ARM-based computers. So um, with Apple... Um, officially ditching Intel um, for their um, chips um, in their computers, their uh, processors, um, and going for their own custom uh, Apple Silicon that they've been using in the iPhones and the iPads and the Apple TVs and the watches and the Apple watches. Um like that is a pretty significant shift and it looks like um or from the reviews that I've seen of the uh of the M1 um Max um they've been doing very well and they've been outperforming in orders of magnitude um, the Intel Macs that came before them. So, um, so I'm interested in seeing how, um, Microsoft responds to it with Windows. I'm interested in seeing how, uh, Google responds to it, um, with Chrome OS. Um, because I mean, with Windows, we don't really see a lot of um, ARM-based computers. I know uh, Samsung makes some. Um, I think Lenovo makes some. Um, I'm, or if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong though. Um, and then also, um, God, what was the other manufacturer I was thinking of? There's uh, Microsoft, um, there's uh, Lenovo, oh, Samsung. Uh, Yeah, Samsung uh, definitely makes uh, ARM-based Windows computers. So um, I'm interested to see how that space develops, um, especially in light of the Apple Silicon uh, uh, trends. or in light of the Apple Silicon uh, Max releasing. Um, And then also, um, I'm interested in seeing how uh, Chrome OS um, responds to it because, yeah, there are some um, ARM-based Chromebooks um, out in the wild right now. Um, The most recent one I can think of um, was... Um, the, or this Acer one, I think, I think it's an Acer one. Um, let me know if I have the, uh, manufacturer wrong. Um, but, um, I think it's an Acer Chromebook that has the, uh, Qualcomm Snapdragon 7 CX in it or something like that. Um, and so I would like to see some more Chromebooks. Um, getting uh, these Qualcomm chips and, you know, MediaTek chips as well because uh, 
Chromebooks like the uh, Lenovo Chromebook Duet um, have MediaTek chips in them. So um, I would also like to see some competition there um, just so that uh, Qualcomm um, is kept on their toes because Qualcomm is one of the more dominant players in um in arm chipsets that you know isn't apple um so so i would like to see some more competition in that space um but yeah oh and i should probably mention uh foldable phones or different form factors of phones because while i like my pixel 5 like realistically you know it's just another uh glass slab um, or glass on aluminum slab, I guess. Um, like other phones are glass on glass slabs, and then other phones are uh, glass on plastic slabs. Um, so um, I'm happy to see that like foldables and uh, dual screen phones. Uh, like the Surface Duo and the LG V60 with the case that it has um, and like foldables like the Samsung uh, Galaxy Z Flip and Z Fold 2 um, and then like the Motorola Razr. Um, like, I like seeing these new form factors and the LG wing, um, I should shout out as well. Um, I like seeing these new form factors, um, get a shot because, um, like just, um, it feels like smartphones are pretty boring right now. Um, and so like those form factors kind of breathe like a little bit newer life into a quickly or stagnating um, part of the tech sector. Um, so yeah, those are my thoughts on uh, my favorites in tech for 2020. Um, do you think that I missed anything? Um, well, I definitely missed a lot, um, but let me know um, what your favorite in tech were what your favorite smartphone smartwatch smart home gadget um streaming service um headphones or even let me know what your favorite tech trends of 2020 were um on social media or on discord i'll have links in the show notes so that um or so you can do that and we can continue the conversation there um, but yeah, that's going to do it for this topic. Up next, we'll be talking about my favorites in gaming for 2020. The Cells and Circus podcast will be right back. Hey, Cells and Circuits listeners. Want to support the show without having to buy any merch? Well, you can do that by buying us a coffee. All it takes is just one U.S. dollar to help support the show. So click the link in the show notes or go to ko-fi.com slash circuits 
to help make the Cells and Circuits podcast a better show for you. Are you a small business looking for a financial platform to do business on? Check out Payment, the first black-owned financial platform where you can do things like sending invoices, accepting payments, and more features will be added in the future. If you watch Trigger Warning with Killer Mike on Netflix, you know that money stays within the black community for an average of six hours compared to the days and sometimes weeks that other communities get. So if you want to bring or keep money in the black community, join Payment, that's P-E-Y-M-Y-N-T, at the affiliate link in the show notes today. Welcome back, and now it's time to start talking about my favorites in gaming in 2020. So, um, despite 2020 being a pretty shitty year, um, I'm glad that we at least got some good games to uh, tide us over into uh, 2021. So, ooh, excuse me. Um, I will be talking about them in this segment. Um, and let's just jump right into it. So, my favorite games of 2020, um, in no particular order. Um, these are, uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising. Um, I really enjoyed that one. Um, it's, um, a new IP from Ubisoft, um, which has some elements of Assassin's Creed and Breath of the Wild. So it's kind of a bit of a fusion between the two of them um, with some uh, Greek gods comment or commentary that's um, supposed to be funny, which, you know, you may or may not find funny um, if you play it. Um, so your mileage may vary on that front. It's subjective, but um, I mean, the combat is pretty polished. Um, like the game looks gorgeous on all uh, platforms. I mean, um, because like we've had some games, <laughs> Cyberpunk 2077, <coughs> uh, that don't really look that great on some platforms. Um, but I'm glad this didn't um, have those pitfalls. So um, Immortals Phoenix Rising, definitely recommended. Um, it's out on pretty much every platform. Um, so yeah, definitely get it um, and play it um, once you get the chance to. I recommend it. Um, next up is uh, Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout. Um, like I still play Fall Guys a lot, um, despite never organically winning a crown, because um, I fucking suck. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean. Fall Guys, it just keeps me coming back. I don't know what it is about that game, but it just keeps me coming back. And 
Um, I definitely appreciate it, especially now that we're in the winter season. I wasn't really too enthused, or yeah, I wasn't too enthusiastic about the whole medieval times uh, season for season two, but um, very glad that I got uh, Fall Guys um, and I got to play it because it's definitely worth it. Um, it's out on PS4. Um, and you could probably play it on PS5 too, and Steam, um, and or I'm guessing like other PC stores as well. Um, I'm not sure, but I know it's on uh, Steam and PlayStation. Um, so you can definitely check that out if you're on either of those platforms. Highly recommend that. Um, it's a fun, it's a fun game. Um, and then next up is Crash Bandicoot 4. Um, Crash Bandicoot 4, um, it's, it definitely brings back that uh, precise platforming that um, you know and love if you've played Crash Bandicoot games before. Um, and so, like, it... It'll it'll make you mad, um, but once you finish the levels, like it definitely feels worth it. Like I know I've died like um, I've died like what thirty something times in a level um, before. So um, that was the boss level. So uh, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's definitely a difficult game. Um, but it is very rewarding. Um, and so, yeah, uh, Crash Bandicoot 4, um, it's on PC, uh, or no, wait, is it on PC? I don't know. I know it's on console, so I know it's on, uh, Xbox One, PS4, and you could probably play it on the new generation consoles as well, the, uh, PS5 and Xbox Series X and S. Um, there hasn't been a release date that I know of for uh, the Nintendo Switch version, and um, I don't know if it's ever going to, or going to come to platforms like Google Stadia, um, but I do hope that it does, um, but we shall see. Um, but yeah, Activision definitely um, get on those uh, Nintendo Switch and Google Stadia ports for Crash Bandicoot 4. Um, I would very much appreciate that. Thanks. Um, so next up is Ghost of Tsushima. Um, I really enjoy a lot of uh, samurai stories um, like I've been playing uh, Samurai Jack Battle Through Time on Xbox, and I'm playing Sekiro Shadows Die Twice on Google Stadia. So, like, you know, clearly I have a thing for samurai stories. Um, so, Ghost of Tsushima is, like, probably um, one of the best ones. Um, and the story is just awesome and it has this nice um 
kind of like old samurai movie feel to it. So I really, I really do like it. Um, like the story is definitely great. The gameplay is great. Um, so I highly recommend it. Um, and it's a PlayStation exclusive uh, because it's a first party PlayStation game. So um, if you're in the PlayStation ecosystem, highly recommend that. Um, now let's go over to the opposite side of the fence with an Xbox exclusive, at least on console. Um, and that is Battletoads. Um, I definitely enjoy Battletoads. Um, I played this game first solo, um, but then... Um, with my girlfriend, um, she saw me playing it and she wanted to join in on the fun. So, um, from that point on, um, we had played the game, uh, together and it took a, it took us about like four hours to beat the campaign or the story mode of it. Um, so it's not that long, um, but I am very happy that this game came out. It's a beat 'em up game. It's also like a platformer and it's um I don't know what like the kart racing levels are called, but um or I shouldn't say like racing, but like the kind of like the the kart uh, racing slash like hole in the wall level like I, I don't know what those are called uh, let me know um, on social media or on discord what um, those levels are called but I can't think of it right now um, but I enjoy Battletoads a lot um, so you know shout out to uh, Delala and um, Microsoft and Rare uh, for making that, um, especially Delala. Um, they did a really great job um, with the cutscenes. I thought the cutscenes were uh, dope, um, and they did a great job with the uh, game too. But um, the cutscenes were just really nice, um, and I would like to see an animated series um, of Battletoads one day. So I hope that the powers that be over at uh, Microsoft and Xbox Game Studios and Rare um, are able to make that happen, whether it's with Delala or another company. Um, I just, I would... I would love to see a Battletoads animated series, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. Um, but yeah, those are my top five games of 2020. Um, so next up, um, we have uh, my favorite gaming platform of 2020, um, which, I mean... Y'all probably know what's coming. I mean, I've talked about it a lot on the show. Um, and I just think it's a great platform. Um, and that platform is Google Stadia. So um, Google Stadia started out 2020 
um, not with a great uh, reputation amongst gamers. Um, and in the gaming community, you know, um, with gaming and tech reviews, like a lot of the mainstream um, like journalists and influencers may not uh, have given Stadia a second chance after um, the initial um, kind of review period and launch period. So um, there may have been like a lot of misinformation being spread about it. Um, and there may have been some um, just and like, you know, there have been people who have even bullied people who play on Stadia like I or that still goes on today, um, which is very shameful um, for the gaming community. Like, stop that shit. It's not cool. You're not cool just because you game on a more popular platform. Like, um, like yeah, it's it's not cool. Like, don't be an asshole. Um, but yeah, um, and um, with Stadia, it turned from basically being a joke within the gaming community to being an actual viable platform. Um, and people saw that with, um, with games like Baldur's Gate 3 um, back in October, I do believe. Um, and then more recently, Cyberpunk 2077, because Stadia was one of the only uh, platforms or pretty much the only platform outside of PC where it was running, I wouldn't say without bugs, but it definitely had one of the more stable versions of the game, um, or one of the most stable versions of the game. So, um, and people saw that with, uh, the recent campaigns um, that Google's done um, with like YouTube Premium. So um, if you had a YouTube Premium account before like November 6th or something like that, um, you got to um, get a free Stadia Premiere Edition. And then also if you pre-ordered Cyberpunk on Stadia, um, you also got a Premiere Edition which the Premiere Edition includes the uh, the controller or the Stadia controller and a Chromecast Ultra. Um, so you got like $100 worth of hardware for free, pretty much. So um, once people, you know, tried it out with Cyberpunk, um, like some people just converted um, like, and so now I think that um, with Cyberpunk, you know, people are starting to see that, hey, you know, Stadia is a viable platform. Um, it's no longer the joke that um, people in the gaming community have said that it was at the beginning of the year. So um, that's definitely 
a lot of progress. Um, that's a lot of improvement over the course of a year. Um, so props to Google Stadia um, and the team on that. Um, and I wish y'all the best um, in 2021 and beyond um, because I will definitely be playing on Stadia in 2021 and beyond. Um, but yeah, let's um, continue on. Um, favorite Xbox exclusive of 2020, um, Battletoads, obviously, um, which just talked about earlier, so I'm not really going to say uh, much about that anymore. Um, and then with Ghost of Tsushima, um, that is my favorite PlayStation exclusive of 2020. Um, so again, talked about that earlier, so not really um, going to say much about that. Um, and then my favorite Google Stadia exclusive um, for this year actually was Gunsport. Um, and that is a game from the team over at Necrosoft Games, which is um, a more like, or it's a game that's more reminiscent of like uh, 90s, uh, like, I guess, what, 16-bit um, games that, like, or, and it definitely has that, um, or it definitely has the music to match that, or that vibe, so, um, I really enjoy Gunsport, um, is a game that I still think is on Stadia Pro, if I'm not mistaken, um, I could be wrong though, but, um, definitely check out Gunsport. Um, it's a fun game to play. Um, so yeah, I, I do hope that you check that out. Um, it's definitely a sleeper, um, on Stadia. Um, but next up is my favorite, uh, gaming controller, um, which is one that um, I haven't played as much of, but when I did, it felt really good to do so. Um, and that was the Razer Kishi, um, which is a, a USB-C and now Lightning for iPhones um, controller that attaches on to both of the sides of your phone, uh, left and right. Um, and it allows you to play games that, you know, support controllers. Um, and, and a great thing about um, the Razer Kishi is that it came at the right time because cloud gaming services like Google Stadia, um, Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, um, NVIDIA GeForce Now, and, and now Amazon Luna, um, they're all coming out. So, like, um, the Razer Kishi couldn't have come at a better time. Um, and so, like, I highly recommend um, the Razer Kishi. And I believe that if you get, or if you go to, like, Walmart, there's, like, um, a mobile gaming bundle for like 
the gaming or for the Razer Kishi and the uh, Razer Hammerhead uh, wireless earbuds. So, um, I mean, and that's for like 80 bucks. So, like, I would definitely recommend um, getting that. Um, I don't know if like your local store um, or your local like Walmart has any more, but um, if you can find one um, for 80 bucks, definitely get it. I think, you know, those two things together, that's a steal for that price. Um, so I can't uh, really recommend that enough. Um, but then next up, um, I'm going to talk about why there isn't a favorite Nintendo Switch exclusive category. And that's because I only bought one Switch exclusive game, which was a remake of three old games. Or I shouldn't say remake, but like a port of three old games. Um... So, um, that's, of course, uh, Super Mario 3D All-Stars. Um, so, yeah, that's the only Nintendo exclusive that I bought this year. Um, I didn't get into Animal Crossing. My girlfriend did, but I didn't. Um, so, there's that. Uh, and so, yeah. Um... Yeah, no favorite Nintendo Switch exclusive category. Um, but yeah, those are my favorite things um, in gaming um, of 2020. Um, let me know what your favorite games were in 2020. What your favorite platform to play on um, in 2020 was. Um, you know, what your favorite like exclusive game was what your favorite multi-platform game was um what your favorite controller was that came out this year um and yeah we can continue the conversation excuse me Ooh, wow um on social media or on discord um i'll have links in the show notes right below that subscribe or follow button, depending on which platform you're on. And yeah, um, I mean, that's going to do it for this segment and this episode. Uh, thank you so much for listening and thank you so much for, um, you know, just uh, supporting uh, this podcast uh, throughout 2020. Um, I mean, we started in April and we're 22 episodes strong. Um, and I do plan on releasing, um, new episodes every Saturday starting January 9th. So stay tuned for that. Um, I'm trying to release, um, new episodes on a weekly basis. Um, so I want to get more content out to you, um, the listeners. So, um, so yeah, stay tuned for that, uh, weekly episodes coming in 2021 starting January 9th. Um, but yeah, um, happy holidays, happy new year. Um, and you know, let's just end 2020 
the best that we can. And I wish all of you the best in 2021. Um, I hope you uh, stay safe and stay or and I hope you're spending time with uh, your loved ones and, um, you know, safely, of course. Um, And yeah, um, that's it. Um, thank you for listening and, you know, and have a happy new year. Sandra Bland, Terrence Crutcher, Trayvon Martin, Philando Castile, Mike Brown, Alton Sterling, Ahmad Arbery, Walter Scott, Brianna Taylor, Eric Harris, George Floyd, Tony Robinson, Keith Childress, Romaine Brisbane, Betty Jones, Tamir Rice, Kevin Matthews, Laquan McDonald, Michael Noel, Michael Brown Jr., Roy Nelson, Eric Garner. These are just some of the names of people who have been murdered by police and have gotten either a slap on the wrist or have gotten away with committing such a heinous crime scot-free. If you are an American, or even if you're not an American, you should be outraged by this, as I am. This cannot continue to happen, and it speaks to a very long history of racism and police brutality here in the United States of America, and also in other countries as well. Police brutality is not a U.S. exclusive problem. It's happening around the globe. So, how can you help stop this? Well, you can go and protest, but be very peaceful about it, of course. And if you don't want to go to the protests, that's fine. You can also donate to many different charities that are helping with the cause. If you can't do that, you can also sign petitions to help the cause as well and share those petitions. And for all of these suggestions that I've made, you can do all of them and encourage your friends and family to do the same because Staying silent is staying complicit, and we cannot stay complicit any longer. This change needs to happen now. And so, I just want to leave you with this message. Black lives matter, always and forever. All lives cannot matter until black lives matter. Remember that. Thank you. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Cells and Circuits podcast. In less than nine months, we've hit almost 2,000 listens and released over 1,000 minutes of this show into the wild. I'm extremely grateful to you, the listeners, for making this possible, and I hope to release more high-quality content in 2021. Happy holidays and have a safe and happy new year. Our intro, transition, and outro music was made by Tiffy3. For the final time in 2020, I'm Chibeze signing off. <laughs>